Thank you very much. And first of all, a hundred out of a hundred for pronouncing the first name correctly. The amount of names I've been called from Angus to Anus to Ungus to whatever. So to call me Angus, we're on a winner already. Thank you so much. Hello to everybody. This is a strange sensation for me because I'm speaking for the very first time in an AA meeting. Um, I had my last drink in March of 1975. Um, I grew up in an AA household. My dad, uh, who was a, an actor in the entertainment industry, uh, was sober from about the time of my 13th, 14th birthday, around about that time. Um, I have early memories of his drinking, but only two that really stick out. One was um, my mom giving me a face cloth to go up and put it on his face, but telling me to stand back from the bed um, because he was probably going to just react, not violently, but just actually be out of surprise or whatever. And that was to wake him up to get him to go to rehearsals in the theatre in Dublin. And uh, another time um, I remember being sent across the road to a public phone box to call our house and to say that I was the National Theatre uh, so that when he'd hear that the theatre had rung for him to get up, that he, he would get up and go. Um, but he was sober, as I said, from the time I was 13, 14, 15, whatever. And AA was a huge, huge part of uh, our house. He was very, very active in it. They still talk about Ray Mack from Sutton. Um, and he, through his knowledge of showbiz and recording, whatever, did loads and loads of quarter-inch um, tapes for people and recorded conventions and all of that. He was um, an amazing, an amazing man. He died back in 1989. But I started drinking when I was about 15. I had started playing in the music industry. I'm a guitar player, um, musician, entertainer, comedian, singer, whatever, all my life. And um, I've no idea what it's like to have a single drink. I've never ever had a pint or a glass of wine or whatever. I've had 15 pints or a bottle of whiskey or whatever. And I got absolutely hammered for about four years, but maybe with two or three months in between. Um, and it had a really bad impact on me. I ended up, anytime I drank, I got completely hammered. Uh, I would end up with bruises on my elbows and my knees from falling over. Um, I remember in a, the first band I was in, a, a traditional Irish rock band, and we went down to County Clare to write our first album. And this is back in 1973. And we went down to the local pub and uh, I got absolutely shit-faced. And the fiddle player was holding me up when we left. And the lady who owned the pub said, look, I hope you guys had a great night. It's lovely to have you in the town. We're delighted to have musicians playing here or whatever. And he foolishly let go of me to shake hands and say, thanks very much. It'd be a great night. And of course, as soon as he let me go, I just fell completely face first down onto the ground, smashed myself up a bit. Um, and I was in bed for about a day and a half, absolutely wretched, dry wretched and everything, and had to get up then and go and do a concert that night. And it's the worst experience of my life trying to play in a rock venue at full tilt at 18 years of age with uh, just my head thumping and pumping. And that would have happened, I don't know, eight, nine, 10, 20 times in, in the four years. And I'll say something now that that's uh, I don't know whether many people actually say, but I don't know whether I'm an alcoholic or not. Maybe I am. I think on the balance of probability, I am. I don't know whether my decision to stop was based on what I had seen in our house, which was um, my dad being so active in AA 
that you'd come down for breakfast. We, we moved from a small house in Artain in Dublin out to a huge, big four-bedroom, four-storage Georgian house out by the sea in Sutton. And he made it an open house that you'd come down and there could be guys there who had just come out of jail. You could have guys who were 40 years sober, 10 years sober, somebody fallen off the wagon. So I was exposed to talking to, hearing and listening uh, to people who were drinkers. And uh, I very quickly either identified with some of what they were saying, was scared by some of what they were saying, whatever. So one day in March of 1975, age 19, 19 and three quarters, my, my birthday is in June. And I woke up, I remember in March, I said, I will never have another drink again. And touch wood, to this day, I haven't had a slip in any shape or form. It hasn't been easy, but I've worked really, really hard at it. Um, I think that I just decided that I didn't need to drink to have courage, to have confidence, to go out on stage, to mix with people. Um, and I never, ever, ever felt better for having a drink. In fact, if anything, I felt infinitely worse. Um, so I just said, no, I'm not going to. Do it. Now, I'm extremist by nature, which I think is one of the reasons why I continue not to drink and not to try it out. Um, I have been tempted many times, either through um, birth of my children, getting married, my mother, my father dying, all of that. And touch wood, I've never uh, given into it at all. Uh, never went to a meeting. And I just want to thank Mark for reaching out to me um, last week. Um, if it wasn't for him getting in touch, I wouldn't be doing this tonight. Um, as I said, I've never gone to an AA meeting, but everybody that knows me, all my life knows that I'm a non-drinker and that I'm better for being a non-drinker. And uh, anybody who knows me has said to me, if I ever saw you with a drink in your hand, I'd smash it out of your hands so quickly. Because So obviously they know, looking at me, that it just wouldn't be um, a good idea. The I do use the serenity prayer a lot in every aspect of my life in the sense that I think it is one great way of just sorting out I don't, I don't, I'm not a, a religious person of no great belief in a God or whatever, but I actually believe that the concept of dividing up, can you do something about it? Um, if you can't, can you accept it? And to know the difference, that has helped me so many times. I remember doing, I was meant to be in the TV station to promote a, a rock band I had for four o'clock. I'll never forget it. And at about half three, I was still three miles away in Dublin, stuck in the traffic. And I jumped out of my car and I ran for a mile and managed to get a taxi and got me in because I knew there was something I could do about it. And this time last year, strange enough, I was in England. I play a lot of billiards, which I absolutely love. And I got stuck in a traffic jam for three hours and I knew that I was going to miss four matches in the tournament I was going to play in and it didn't cost me a thought because there was literally nothing I could do with it so I was able to accept the things that I couldn't change and hopefully to have the wisdom and um, to know the difference about it but uh, to me I don't think it's anything to do with the amount of alcohol that you drink I think it's to do with how it affects your life and it was certainly affecting my life uh, in a bad way. I love people who drink. I, my, my wife drinks, my two big sons drink, and I would have a heavy hand when I'm pouring at parties, or I would regularly, when I'm doing the shopping, I would throw a bottle of wine into the, the messages or a bottle of gin or whatever, because um, I feel there's nothing wrong with drink and there's nothing wrong with people having drink when they can handle it. It just doesn't work for me. So that's why I 
I don't want to do it. I have wondered through the years, by any chance, am I not an alcoholic? Was this simply a reaction to uh, seeing drink uh, in all aspects of it in the house growing up? And would it be safe for me to go back and have a drink? And over the years, I found that the only time that I've ever really wanted to have a drink has been times of great anger or depression or whatever. And my reaction is as follows. I go, okay, this is, am I, a, am I a bollocks? Is this shitty? Well, I'm going to show them. And I would think about, can I get absolutely wrecked? Absolutely wrecked. Not, can I have a drink? Not, I'd love a pint. I say, can I get absolutely wrecked? And have I enough time to be sober to do the next job that I have to do, the next concert, the next TV show, the next radio show, whatever, and that nobody would know? Now, that's not a normal reaction, in my opinion. That's not somebody who should be, who should be drinking. So that's the kind of thing that, that keeps me sober. I just feel that I would be the wrong person to, to take a drink now. Part of me would love to find out. I mean, my, my sons have said to me on occasions that they would love to see me have a drink with them if it worked. And then a lot of the times I say, no, what, you know what, that's no way. You're, you're better off the way you are. And I, I, I accept that. So I've been tempted from time to time to see would I be okay. And part of my ego doesn't want me to give up because I'm quite proud of the fact that it's now nearly 46 years next year, next, next month since I've had a drink. And that if I, if I had a slip today, well, I'm not going to see another 46 years before I have a drink. So uh, that keeps me from not drinking. I love being out with people who are having fun. Uh, I find it easier to go out and be with people from the get-go. Uh, and to, I mean, I, I enjoy the atmosphere. I find it very difficult to come in two hours into a social gathering where there's been drink and the horseshit is starting to be talked. And I, I, what I do is my, my survival mechanism is that I simply slip and I'm gone and people don't know that I've actually left, but that's what I have to do for me. And like I was out at the radio program I was working on and we had a big Christmas do. I went for the dinner and everybody then said, let's go across to a pub we went in and it was absolutely jammers. Remember those days when people used to stand shoulder to shoulder? I don't know whether we'll ever see those again, but I lasted about 10 minutes and I just said, that's happy Christmas. And I just left and I just had to. Um, there are things about alcohol and people's attitudes to alcohol that really do annoy me and one of the things that really gets under my skin is the fact that I'm now 45 years sober and people say not a doesn't cost you a thought you look at no problem to you and that really gets me because it is a problem I find that I can not think about alcohol for two months six months a year or think about it five times in a week I never know when it's going to be there. And it's the length of your arm away. I mean, that's, I've made my flask of tea here, which I love. And that's as, that's as far away as your next drink is. And it really gets me when people say, no bother to you, Jesus, you'll never, you'll never take a drink again. What are you on about? What are you, why are you giving out? And I do find that very, very, very difficult uh, on occasions. I also find it annoying when uh, if people are saying, what will I get you? And I say, can I have uh, lime juice and water or, or an orange juice? I said, no, no, have a real drink. I said, no, I'll, I'll have, no, no, have a real drink. I said, it is a real drink. I said, no, it's not a real drink. I said, you, if you're asking me to have a drink, will you get me the drink that I want? I said, but yeah, do you not want to have a drink? I said, 
I'd like to have the, you know, that's one part of it. And then the other one is that if I go to buy around, if I'm in a social situation and they say, no, no, sure, look, don't worry about it, you're, you're not drinking. I said, no, I am. I'm drinking. I'm drinking my drink of choice. Let me get you your drink of choice. So I think there's a social inequity there. I also occasionally uh, have found it a very lonely place to be socially and one that actually I struggle with on occasions when I feel that I'm the odd one out. Uh, no, as I said, there's nothing wrong with alcohol when people can enjoy it um, uh, to the full. But I find myself there for survival, not having a drink. And then I'm the one who's not getting any way remotely tipsy during the course of a, a social gathering for three or four hours. And you do feel like you're the odd one out. And party wants to go, well, look, would they like me anymore? Would I, would I fit in any better if I had a drink? And that can be a lonely place. And um, I have a distant relative um, through marriage who I would think has a relatively serious drug or a drink problem. And I've had many occasions where I've had stand-up rows with him, where I've literally taken the keys of his car off him. And nobody would back me up uh, until he, a couple of years ago, had uh, a drink-driving accident and was banned from driving for four years. And I was delighted because it meant that that conversation needed not to happen again. And I got really angry at, at a, a gathering of, of extended family when they said, look, you know, we all agreed with you all the way along. This is over. 30 years maybe, you know. And I said, well, how come nobody ever stood up? I was like the one that had to do it, you know. Oh, well, you know, it's not really our place. Well, it is your place, I said, you know. So it can be difficult to be the non-drinker and that has a pressure in itself. And you have to revert to um, that sense of inner calm that you have in how you want to be. Um, I have a couple of principles that I use with regard to how it works for me. And as I said, people would ring me from time to time um, just to shoot the breeze. And one of the things that I've said to them is that, uh, and I, I think it goes back to my notion of the geographical that my dad used to talk about of people who thought that if I didn't work here, if I wasn't in a sunny climate, if I was living in Alaska and not California or Dublin instead of London or whatever, that I wouldn't drink or I would drink or whatever. And as far as I'm concerned, if alcohol doesn't work for you, if you are an alcoholic, if it has an adverse effect on your life. Well, then to me, it is akin to a nut allergy. And if you have a nut allergy and you have nuts, you go into anaphylactic shock and you probably, if not treated with a, an EpiPen, can and will die at its worst scenario. So I liken people with a problem with alcohol to having a nut allergy. And what I mean by that is, it doesn't matter what size the nuts are, what color the nuts are, where they're made, what the packaging is like, what flavoring it is, uh, whether it was delivered to your door or whether you went and bought it yourself. If you have a nut allergy, you can't have the nuts. And to me, if you have an, an issue with alcohol and it doesn't work for you, end of, that's it. You need to you need to just accept that and deal with it. I have one guy who has been in touch with me for many years and he has proved the exception in that he was in a dreadful state many, 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 many times. And I would have talked to him many, many, many times. And in the last two years, he's managed to get a handle on it. And he now does take an occasional drink. And I've said to him, you are so lucky. Enjoy it. You know, but he would ring me from, he travels a lot. I remember him ringing me once from China, crying his eyes out, completely 
out of it, had wrecked everything. It was meant to be entertaining people, had left them um, to their own devices where he spent three days drinking in his room or whatever. And I was saying to him that as far as I was concerned, his drinking, because he would talk to me regularly, was in a kind of a circle. I used to, if you go up to 12 o'clock, he, he would, okay, he rings me in an awful state and I get him into a good place, right? So 12 o'clock, he's fine, it's fine, it's fine. Two o'clock, I mean, in the scale of, you know, once. Uh, two o'clock is kind of, well, you know what? I'm, I'm okay, I'll just have a drink. I, I can deal with one drink, okay? And then sort of four o'clock is, well, what's the problem with two drinks? Two drinks, it was lovely. I really enjoyed it. I mean, six o'clock is, I, I got pissed, but sure, it doesn't everybody from time to time. Eight o'clock is, I went away for a week and I was only pissed once. Once, what is Angus giving out to me about? You know, 10 o'clock is, okay, so I was pissed five times in a week, but listen, I enjoyed myself. And 12 o'clock is, Angus, help, 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 right? And that would go round and round and round. And I remember saying to him once, I said, why do you think you drank? And he said, because I was in this shithole of life. It was awful. I hated how things were going at home. I didn't like this. I didn't like that. I was having pressure or whatever. And so you drunk your health. Yep. And how did you feel after that? And he said, well, I'm ringing you. And he'd be in bits. And I was saying to him, okay, so the position you were in, which was an awful position to be in, the solution to feeling that bad was to drink your head off. And after you did that, you felt even worse. So if the solution is worse than the problem, if the, if the question and the answer is worse than the question, well, then don't ask yourself the question. Just don't. And the other thing that I say to people, and this to me, I think is a critical one, is if somebody had said to me in March of 1975, don't ever, 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 ever have another drink again. And even though that was what I tried to say to myself, and I've been lucky enough that that is how it has been, I think that's an unbelievably awful, distant void to be looking into that you'd never deal with. And that's why I think the initial concept of a day at a time makes sense. However, what I say to people now is, um, let it be an interval of time that works for you in a way that I've, I've, I've talked to guys and women or whatever, and I say, look, can you get through the next hour? Can you get through the next week? They say, look, I have to go away in March and I'm really worried about it and it's going to be dreadful. I say, well, okay, let's narrow it down. So what I say to people is let the interval of time be as long or as short as it needs to be and literally pull it down into minutes, 10 minutes, a minute, whatever. I'm not going to do it now. I'll have a drink when I finish doing this meeting or whatever, you know. And I think that can work for people. I also think that in Ireland particularly, we're getting better at being able to talk we used to talk in, in hushed tones and behind the door or whatever. And people are now, it, the stigma is disappearing a little bit, I have to say. And I think it makes a lot of sense that people are open now about how it has impacted on them. Uh, we're much better in Ireland now about talking about mental health issues than we were. We used to never talk about it. Um, so I think that that is a help. And what I've said to people all the time is, look, my phone is there. Please call me, ring me. I can't stop you drinking, but at least I'd said, I'd sooner you ring me before you have the drink than afterwards, because then it's back into your course. So it has worked for me for 45, coming on to 46 years, and I'm, I'm very grateful. Um, I think on the balance of probability, I would be a flipping disaster if I took a drink now. I do get tempted from time to time because that niggling part of my brain is saying to me, are you really though? Was it not just teenage normality, heavy drinking as a teenager? Um, would it be okay? Wouldn't it be lovely to go and sit with your two boys? No, 
gosh, they're 40 and 35 now, and, and have a pint with them and not to be the odd one out at a social gathering. But for me, uh, I prefer the way I am. Um, I can, I, I, the great thing is I can't blame stuff on I was pissed and didn't know what I was doing. So if I'm in shit form and I'm, if I'm not nice to people, which I try to be as nice as I can, at least I have to take it on the chin and go, well, that was how I was at that time. I can't hide behind um, any sense of, well, I had a few points on me, I didn't know what I was saying. So I know what I'm saying all the time and it, it makes you more accountable, I think. But as a way of living, I prefer it. I love the fact that I can sit with my wife and have scoops. She, she'll have a, a gin and tonic or a glass of wine or whatever, and I'll have my tea or my orange juice or whatever I drink. And the alcohol is not the problem. I'm, I would be the problem if I was having it. So, um, so that's it. I mean, I would love to talk to anybody who wants to ask me any questions or whatever, but that's, so my philosophy, the principles are, it's like a nut allergy. If you have it, you just can't drink. Um, if the answer to the question is worse than the question, don't ask yourself the question and whatever interval of time that you need to work with, make it be that short of an interval. I won't have a drink now until dot, dot, dot. Let that be a day, a year, a month, a second or whatever. And in balance, I'm lucky that I'm surrounded by people who love me. And um, as I said, this is my first time to speak to a group in AA at a meeting. So uh, I'd like to open it up now and hand it back to the chair, if that makes any sense.